Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. His faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I'll Silver. Toto and Dan Reed, nephew of the Lone Ranger, were ready to return to the masked man's camp after picking up supplies in the once great gold mining center of Sundown. On a corner, the notorious Bonanza Cafe remained open for business. And there in the shade of a wooden awning, a noisy crowd was gathering, apparently attracted by the presence of a small boy and an aged man with the hair and beard of a patriarch. Toto took in the scene and tensed. Dan, it looked like them fellas make fun of old man. Oh, no, Tano. The old man is entertaining them. He's Uncle Toby Miller, a famous character in these parts. I found out all about him yesterday when I was in town. Oh, a him plenty old. He's 80, blind. Once he was a prospector, but the desert sun and sand finally got his eyes. And what that little fellow do, lead him? That's right, Tano. He's Lonnie. His folks died of cholera during the boom days. Uncle Toby has some land just out of town. It's worthless, but the cabin's comfortable. 
kind-hearted Mexican woman looks after the housework. Well, how him entertain people? Come on, you'll see. Uh. <laughs> We're waiting, Uncle Toby. Stretch that old long bone. Hello there, Lonnie. Dance here, Uncle Toby. Well, howdy, son. I'm right glad you're here. Because I've made up some mighty tall stories for today. Hear that, fellas? He's got some new ones. <laughs> yes, Kent. And they're calculated to cool you off. This being an all-fired hot day. Well, it was back in 52 that I prospected the Yellowstone country. That winter it got so cold the bears never come out of their holes till ten years afterwards. And when old faithful geyser shot up a spout, that boiling water froze solid before it could fall back in the hole. Well, that'll do for a starter, Uncle Toby. Now tell about a real winter. Well, just as you say, Sheriff... Fifty-five was the year of the big blizzard. You know, the blizzard that froze men's whiskers, broke them off, and blew them plumb through pine trees to a foot tail. <laughs> well, after that, a still cold come on. I was up in Gobler's Knob at the time, and some owl hoots tried to rob the bank. Our citizens got to shooting at them from across the street. For seven straight hours, them crooks and us kept pouring hot lead at each other, but nobody got hit. You see... The bullets never got any further than the middle of the street, and there they froze up and stuck in the air. Oh. <laughs> ah, but that ain't the half of it, gents. The next 4th of July, when all of us boys had shot up our powder celebrating, 3,000 engines come whooping into town. It sure looked like they had us. But just then the spring thaw set in, and them bullets busted loose. 314 redskins rolled off their ponies dead and pickled herring. The rest skedaddled. That gents is how we won the Battle of Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that calls for one on the house. Let's go in. Uh, not yet, fellas, not yet. I'm passing the hat for Uncle Toby. Here, Sheriff, let's go. All right, boys, step up. Take it, gents. Hey, you two strangers here. Don't sneak away. This street is public, Sheriff. Come on, Pete. I'm coming, Gus. We got no money for an old tramp. If you're broke, all right. But don't call Uncle Toby a tramp. Right. Out of our road, you hombres. Move or I'll... I've got a gun. He's going to shoot. You put gun back, fella. Then nobody get hurt. I don't take orders from an Indian. Fill him, Pete. Try shoot me. Me fix you. You're breaking my arm. Help me, Gus. Stand still, Gus. I got you covered. Sneak a gun. No. Oh. The redskin knocked him out. Yes. Thank you, Indian. What, uh, what's your name? Uh, me counter, Sheriff. What we do with these fellas? Well, I reckon I'd better jail them for a day or so till they cool down. The charge is disturbing the peace. In camp that evening, Dan told the Lone Ranger all that had happened in sundown. The masked man, busy with preparations for a renewal of their journey to another territory, listened in silence. Then, much to Tonto's surprise, started unpacking. Shimasabi, why we stay here? It not look like Sheriff need help? I'm interested in Uncle Toby. Uncle Toby? Yes, Dan. His toys are a part of America. Like the Paul Bunyan legends that are told in the woods to the northwest. They're really whoppers. Well, that's one name for them. What is Homer's Odyssey except a collection of glorified tall stories? They were told by another blind man 3,000 years ago. But they still live. Uncle Toby's stories probably aren't great, but they should be preserved. <laughs> 
We'll visit him tomorrow, and you can write down his tales as he tells them. Early the next day, the Lone Ranger, Toto, and Dan were in the saddle. The trail they followed skirted a desert, where underlying rock formations frequently showed through a thin covering of sand, and test holes told of efforts to strike gold-bearing quartz. Such evidence of prospecting vanished as the riders neared town. A turn at the base of a boulder-strewn hill brought them to Uncle Toby's cabin. They pulled up. Then a woman burst from the door, wailing. It's Rosita, the housekeeper. Aca, senora. What is it? You are no medico. You have on a mask. Uh, don't be frightened. No hombre scare me. It's the old one I am scared for. You mean Uncle Toby? See, si, see. Si. Old Toby, he is much sick. Tonto, get your medicine kit. Huh. Where is he, senora? I have carried him to bed. Venga conmigo. He is inside. You come with me. Certainly. Come. Come along. There he is. Poor old one. Oh, he seems to have had a heart attack. Mm, not bad. We not do much. We'll ease his position and give him a stimulant. Well, where's Lonnie? The muchacho, hey. you're on to town for help. Right, when did this happen, Rosita? Yeah. This morning, Senor Toby go up the there. hill. There Always he go up the hill to make the big stories in his head. He sit there by the yucca tree. He dig in the sand with his stick and... Caramba comes the big story. But this morning... The muchacho is playing on side of hill. Then old Toby, who was sitting up on the hill, he give one big yell. Goldy yell. And fall down. Pobre viejo. His dream he has had. Kimosabe. Yes. You think him come too? His pulse is a little stronger, but... Something fell out of his hand when I moved it. I'll get it. It's just a piece of rock. The old one, he always got rocks. Always this house is full with them for me to sweep out. The poor blind one. Maybe that doctor come now. No, his senor, the sheriff. He bring the muchacho back. The masked man, how'd he get here? Uh, him, friend, sheriff. Oh, Tonto. Well, if he's your friend, that's good enough for me. Is Uncle Tony. Uh, what about the doctor, Sheriff? Well, he's out of town. I figured maybe I could help. We've done all that's possible. Lonnie! Lonnie, Uncle Toby wants you. Here I am, Uncle Toby. Lonnie, let me. Let me feel your face. Now, now listen. Listen good, because I'm going away to the big rock candy mountains I told you about. Don't go, Uncle Toby. Don't leave me. Now, stop crying, son. You're going to be rich. I made the big strike, finally. I found a hill of gold. A whole hill. Enough to buy the Denver Mint. You tell the sheriff. Tell him. Tell him. He's gone, Lonnie. <laughs> Lonnie, you will not live with your tío Rosita. Uncle Tube wanted to spin one more yarn. A hill of gold, poor fellow. I have the ranch nearby. You come with your aunt, Lonnie. You, you come too, Dan? You see, Dan, you make company for him. Go along, Dan. We'll pick you up there after we break camp tonight. Come on, Lonnie. Come along, Lonnie. When, uh, when will the burial be, Sheriff? Well, this, this evening on yonder hill. Uh, oh. 
I got two fellas in jail to dig the grave. I reckon Uncle Toby would want to sleep there where he dreamed up his tall stories. Yes, this is hard digging. Yeah. It's Hunter Blixen. That sheriff's got no heart. And he left us here alone. We can dust out any time. Hey, you loco. Huh? He's holding our guns and horses. Anyhow, he promised to turn us loose for good after this job's done. It's a good thing you don't know we're fresh out of the pen and stole those horses and guns. Uh, we got them a long way from here. You'll never find out. It's funny, isn't it? Us having to fix a place to plant that old coot after... After getting jailed on account of him and his lies. Sheriff said he was still telling a big one when he kicked off. Yeah, something about a hill of gold, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, I worked in a gold mine once. Yeah? This stuff we're shoveling out is rotten quartz. Yeah, notice this piece? Hey. What's biting you? This rock is chuck full of gold. Sweet juniper. It'll run thousands of dollars to the ton. This was the hill the old man was talking about. But he lied so often, nobody believed him. Let's dig out some more and then sell it and buy the place. Use your head, Pete. If we tried anything like that, everybody'd know about it. There'd be a gold rush. We'd end up without anything. Yeah, I didn't think about that. There are all kinds of shacks standing empty around sundown. So this place won't fetch much of anything unless people get wise. Yeah, but we're broke. We can pull a hold up. Let's get busy and fill up this hole. We gotta dig another where no good ore will show. <laughs> Didn't hit any gold here. We're almost done. Yeah, it's a good thing. Here comes the sheriff back. Yeah. How you doing, Phyllis? Uh, we'll be finished as uh, soon as we smooth up the side, Sheriff. Well, you didn't go as far up the hill as I told uh, you, but you've done a good job. Uh, thanks. You'll find your horses and gear down at the cabin. Well, we aim to stay for the burial. Maybe a lot longer if it's all right with you. We're sorry about that trouble. I don't mind you staying around here if you behave. Well, we want to do some prospecting. This place, Uncle Toby's, looks like it'd be all right to work out of. I uh, reckon it'll be sold now, huh? I uh, got the selling of it myself. But what are you going to do for money? Oh, you think we're broke, is that it? <laughs> oh, no. Well, we never pack all our money when we visit a town. Oh, no, sir. We left some stashed away at the last place we camped. Well, sir, you can have the place, land, and cabin for $100. It's a deal. You get the papers fixed up, and we'll have the money for you in a day or two. Yes, sir, it's a deal. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue our story. The wind blowing in from the desert was filled with the dry laughter of chaparral. A burro brayed its farewell to the sun, and a coyote welcomed the coming night. Then silence fell on Uncle Toby's hill. Sheriff Lane and Rosita stood at the side of the grave with Lonnie and Dan between them. They were surrounded by old prospectors. In the background lurked the two outlaws. As they watched, one of the desert men shuffled forward. Sheriff, I got something here. Well, what is it, our dad? Here. It's some money us old friends of Toby raised for the young one. We allow the lady should have it used for. Gracias, senores. Mila, gracias. That's right kindly of you old-timers. Now, folks, since you asked me to say something, here goes. Uncle Toby was the most no-account fella in these parts. He went blind looking for things that weren't there. For years, he traipsed around the desert and never made a good strike. But he was always ready to shake the last mite of cash out of his pook for somebody who needed it. Yep, he, he'd have given you his last drop of water in Death Valley. His heart was a 24-carat nugget. Folks, gold is where you find it. And so Uncle Toby, the blind storyteller of sundown, was buried on a hill rich with gold-bearing quartz. Knowing of the ore and needing money to buy the hill, the ex-convicts, Gus and Pete, planned to gain their ends through robbery. Soon after the last mourners had left the burial place, the outlaws were in the saddle. Gus, that Rosita woman's ranch is down this way. Yeah, I know. It'll be easy to find. The old desert rat sure made it easy for us by donating that cash to her. <laughs> Reckon there's enough of it? Oh, sure. Yeah, they just the same as bought another Comstock load for us. <laughs> we're going to be millionaires, partner. Get up here. Get, Get up. up. Get up. Meanwhile, Dan had returned to the ranch with Rosita and Lonnie, expecting the Lone Ranger and Tonto to pick him up shortly. The three were seated in the candlelit cabin, Rosita with the donation in her hands. Look at this money, almost $200. For you, Lonnie, I will buy first the good shoes. Dan, tell all of you. A oh, bandit. Watch outside the door, partner. Everything's fine in here. I'm watching. Banditos! Shut up, woman. You'll be quiet, no one will get hurt. We're going to take that money and one of these boys as a hostage. With Dan a prisoner, the outlaws made their escape just before the Lone Ranger and Tonto reached the house. Rosita told the masked man what had happened. Rosita, did you recognize those men? But no, senor. Their faces were covered. I tell the sheriff, yes? No, Rosita. They might kill Dan Reed if they know they're followed. Tonto and I will have to go after them quietly. We'll follow their trail. You think we're being followed? Yeah, stop and we'll listen. Oh, I don't hear a thing. 
Where are we going with this kid? To the old mines in Furnace Gulch, Pete. You said not to mention each other's names. That doesn't matter now. The Sprout knows who we are. How about it, Mr. Dan? Why should I know you? You belong to that mask man's outfit. That Tonto engine was with him tonight, and you were with the engine in town the other day. You saw that silver ring of mine then, and I noticed you're looking at it again tonight. All right. I know you. You see where that puts you, kid? We gotta fix you so you'll never talk. My friends will hunt you down. Maybe. Maybe not. But anyhow, they'll never find you. But you got figured out for him, Gus. Use your head. Isn't the gulch full of old mine shafts? Yeah, I savvy. And take them up there and do the job. I'm leaving you here. What for? I want to meet the sheriff and close our little deal for Toby's land. <laughs> The sheriff would be plenty surprised if he knew we'd struck pay dirt in the first place we dug. Don't talk so much. I'll meet you in town at the Bonanza Cafe. Get up back. Come on. Come on. Slow up, Tonto. Easy, boy. Easy, Easy, easy fella. And not press him too closely. Uh, I'm about 15 minutes ahead of us. Wait, Tonto. Hold silver. Oh, 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 fella. Oh. What you see? The trail divides here. Oh. Help me take, me take a look. One fella turn right. Other, go ahead. Can you tell which horse carried two riders? The one that go ahead. He's got the easy fella. You want me to follow other horse? No, we'll both stick to the trail ahead. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scout. Scarcely able to lift its hoofs, Pete's mount stumbled with its double burden and staggered into Furnace Gulch the next morning. Without the guidance of his partner in crime, Pete had wandered off the trail, then goaded the animal over rough country at a killing pace. Even with the old mines in sight, he continued to spur the exhausted horse. Get up! Come on! Get up! Then the exhausted animal went down. The outlaw rolled free. At the same instant, Dan threw himself over the animal's head and landed erect and running. Pete scrambled up, firing wildly. Dodging and ducking, Dan dashed for cover while the outlaw pounded along a few yards behind, trying to reload his gun. Seeing that escape was cut off in one direction by the yawning mouth of a mine and in another by a vast pile of pulverized quartz, the desperate boy dashed up an ore chute. Too late he realized that it led into a hopper that stood high above the rusty remnants of an ore crusher. Trapped, he looked around for something with which to defend himself. Nothing here, not even a stone. Now I'll fix it, kid. It won't do you any good. Only a million dollars worth. Look down the gulch. A masked man and engine. I told you they'd come. I'll get both of them now. Inside, not a sight. You lie flat on the bottom. Lying flat in the hopper, Dan and his captor were able to watch the approach of the masked man and Indian through holes in the plank flooring. Pete pressed his gun against the boy's side. Not a move now. Not a sound. Dan's arms were under his chest, his fingers close to a shirt pocket. Nervously fingering the cloth, he suddenly became conscious that the pocket still held the chip of rock he had picked up in Uncle Toby's cabin. Slowly, breathlessly, he worked it out where he could drop it through a crack. Nobody go under here. Let's take a closer look. As the Lone Ranger and Tonto bent to examine the ground directly under Dan, he dropped the stone. Pete, watching at another crack, failed to see it fall, but it instantly caught the attention of the masked man. He retrieved it and, without looking up, gave his companion a meaningful glance. Tonto edged silently out of the range of vision from above. Long moments passed while the Lone Ranger continued to crouch under the hopper, apparently still engaged in a search for tracks. Then the sunlight that poured in through the chute opening was blotted out, and Tonto's shadow fell on Pete, 
The thief rolled over and his gun flashed up. You've got gun, Tonto. Try and make me a red skin. No, my arm. I've got his gun now, Tonto. You all right, Dan? Yes, but I wouldn't have been much longer. He got here just in time. It good thing you dropped stone. Me slip up, shoot. Well, that fella still looked through holes. So that's how you did it, that kid. I should have plugged you right off. Come on, fella. We go now. My friend won't see you. Dan, are you sure this is one of the men who were in jail and who later dug Uncle Toby's grave? Yes, sir. They started digging on top of the hill. They found gold. Then they filled in that grave and dug another. The other crook's name is Gus. Now, one more question, Dan. Where did you get the piece of quartz you dropped from up there? Remember, it fell from Uncle Toby's hand. I picked it up and stuck it in my pocket. I didn't know it was quartz. I never looked at it. Do you have anything to say? I'm not talking. That won't matter. I know the whole story. Come on, we're going back to sundown. In Sheriff Lane's office, Rosita had just finished telling about the holdup. Clasping Lonnie, she said, Hi, The little one's money is gone. Well, Rosita, we still have Lonnie. I... Uh, <coughs> it... No, don't you think it'd be, be be nice for us to fix it so he could call us Paul and Ma? You, you are asking you to marry you, no? Yeah, don't laugh. Just tell me. But I am telling you, yes. Uh, you, uh, well, well, Mister. I uh, dug up that money we had cashed. You got the deed that land fixed up? It's right here. All right, then. Here's your money. Hey. This will make up for part of what those Al who stole. Oh, it is the masked one. There's Dan. Now, give me that deed, Sheriff. I want to record it right away. Hold on to it, Sheriff. He's one of the bandits who robbed Rosita and kidnapped Dan. Yeah. Otto's bringing in his partner, Pete. So it was him, too. Take eh? his gun. I'll keep him covered. Yeah. I got it. But this business don't make sense to me. Why did they want to stage a holdup and then use the money to buy worthless land? Here's the answer, Sheriff. This piece of quartz? Yes, look at it closely. You'll see where a piece of gold was dug out of it. There are still some flakes left. Yes, I see. That's what Uncle Toby had in his hand when he had his fatal attack. He'd accidentally found gold in the one place he had never looked when he had eyesight. Right on top of the hill where he always sat when he thought up his stories. Blind as he was, he knew from the feel of that ore he'd finally struck it rich. The outlaws made the same strike while digging his grave on top of the hill. Well, if that don't beat one of Uncle Toby's own yarns, he was telling the truth about a hill of gold. Here comes Tonto with the prisoner. Dan, I'll shove on. You bring Tonto and meet me in camp. Right, sir. I'll be waiting for you. Now, hold on, mister. We owe you a lot. Come through there. Doggone, I wanted to talk to him. Thank you. (laughs) That's why you left. Lonnie... You're going to be rich. I'm going to have a ma and pa, too. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll tend to him. Then, you tell me, who is the masked man? Rosita, he's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Mm -hmm.